Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 274 of At Odds With Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing a lot better than your Twitter account, Joe. <laughs> oh, well, it is what it is, I guess. Um, you should have uh, changed your Twitter handle to at uh, Joe Sposto 74827111725 and then just posted nothing but porn. And then you'd be like all over the place. You'd never get shut down. Right. I was going to say I could post up the it's, it's funny to see people what their uh, ads that they get on Twitter are. The ones mm-hmm. that I get all the time is the keychain that's the roll of film. Okay, I get a lot of the one that says, like, as endorsed by Shark Tank. And it's I like don't, a keto diet or something like that. Right, I don't get that. On the Longbox Hero one, I get a lot of, like, uh, CBD, weed-infused, weed merchandise. Like, I think I had, like, four times in a row... On the Longbox Hero one, like these knockoff um, Scooby-Doo pajamas that were like very heavily like, oh, it's how Scooby-Doo and Shaggy, it's subtle that they smoke weed. These were not subtle, you know? <laughs> yeah. But today especially was like inundated with just like, here's a close up of a girl's butthole. <laughs> Right? They finally fixed the site. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I, I just assumed since you were the one that previously had used the Ad Odds account more often than I did, I figured it was just kind of tailored to you, right? <laughs> yeah, I use the Ad Odds account as my burner. You know, I'm a comment guy on a lot of like <laughs> a lot of girls' uh, posts. And now that you're there blowing up my mansions, I'll wake up every day recently <laughs> and I'll look at my phone. <laughs> And it'll be like, you have 75 Twitter uh, mentions. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to Taco Bell. What did I say that went viral? And I'm like, no, it's just Joe tweeting and retweeting and commenting on everything. And so I, I muted ad odds from my phone temporarily. Any right. day now, I won't, I'll be able to fix it. But mm, Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. So um, I never got notified as to why my account got suspended, right? Yeah. Because in the past... As you're looking at it here, I have this, like, here's the last time, right? Yep. Uh, And this was that one about running your head into a wall. The previous one was uh, suggesting to Ed that he, like, falls down and hurts himself like Punk does, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I get an email that tells me why my account was locked. I never, to, to, to this moment, I still have not gotten an email or what Twitter rule I broke or, like, this is the offending tweet or anything like that, right? And with today being Thursday as we record this, when did you lose your account? Saturday morning. Saturday morning okay. I woke up and my account was suspended. Okay. And it was one of those things, like, honestly, I, I'm i sad that, like, all my bookmarks are gone because I had a lot of good stuff bookmarked. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the clips and stuff that I play here on the show, I bookmarked them and I already had a couple things ready to go for the show here. Um, I had, you know, everything was kind of like, you know, on one account with the, uh, the long box heroes or the, 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 my personal one. But then I was, I was trying to go through things and cultivate it. Like the more I was trying to access my old tweets, the more and more stuff was being taken away from my account. Okay. Um, so then like the accounts completely locked out. I never got the thing, so I submitted a case, and I'm currently on my fourth submitted case. Because what happens this is, all the way up to the Supreme Court of Twitter. So what happens is, I submit a case and I hear nothing. So then I give it like 
you know, two days, like day and a half, two days, whatever. And I just say, hey, uh, here's more information about this. It's, you know, still haven't heard anything, blah, 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 blah. I immediately get a reply that says this case has been closed and cannot be reopened. Doesn't tell me why it's been closed. Doesn't tell me why it can't be reopened. But if you want to continue your appeal, you need to open up a new case. Okay. So in my most, in the fourth one that I did this morning, and I'm going to let it be, I'm going to not do anything. I'm going to give it like the full, like five days that they claim it is because like I got the long box account. I got the ad odds account. I can do my comic book stuff over here. I can do my wrestling stuff over here. Right. Um, so I, I said to them in the last one that I said, I'm like, this is the fourth time I'm opening a case. You have closed the three previous ones without telling me why with no resolution or what I did in the first place to get my account suspended. I will continue to do this. I have a lot of, I put in the email. I have a lot of free time on my hands. I will continue to do this until my account is reactivated or I'm given a reason as to why my account was deactivated. Did you at any point in any of these cases bring up the fact that your conservative views are being uh, silenced and that you're a true patriot? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> the 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 exact verbiage that I have, and again, bear with me one second. Um, I believe I am being silenced for my conservative views. <laughs> Did you also try uh, Kurt's idea of just saying you were only kidding? Well, I don't know what I was only kidding to because I don't want to lie. True. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you want to be truthful in the fact that your conservative views are being silenced, That's but right. you don't want to lie about being about kidding. Right. Fair enough. So, uh, so that's going on. Like I said, I've been I've been cultivating the timelines on the uh, at odds account and the long box accounts, mm-hmm. making it a much more streamlined experience for me. Yeah, because I never, when I have the at odds, I just tweet and I get out. You know, I I never look at the timeline. I'll look at mentions if somebody retweets something or, but I don't live there. You know, (laughs) I just, I'm the equivalent of somebody whose house is just full of like boxes who never like unpacked when it comes to the at odds account. But my question for you is this. So if at Joe Sposto never comes back, will there be like, and at the real Joe Sposto or something to take that place. So I do have my wife's account that's still open and active. Okay. I could very easily just change that to me. But I, I was just like, is it under like her name or, yeah. okay. So you just change the name of it. Yeah. And that's going to hurt your ability to get the blue check mark. You will change the I- name. I'm okay. I'll never get the blue check mark. Now, I will say, as here, I'll, I'll open this while we're live on air, because again, oh, and, and, and again, listen, I'll throw some stuff up on Blue Sky, but Blue Sky kind of stinks. But most of the comics industry has gone to Blue Sky, right? Yeah. Um. So as you can see here, this is what I get when I attempt to access my Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes, after careful review, we've determined your account broke the rules, but it doesn't broke the X rules, broke the X rules, right? (laughs) And I have two DMS hanging here that I can't access. I can't access my bookmarks. Now, if I click on something over here, like, let's say I click on this account. Now it's already gone and like unfollowed people that I was following before. Yeah. And like, I could look at what they were tweeting and stuff. But I can't look at, like, a cultivated timeline. 
I can't refollow people. Um, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, and if the account came back, the the follows would return as well, you know? I assume so. Now, see, here's the other thing, is I just clicked on my profile, and I could look at my tweets here, whereas Saturday, like, as as I was looking at stuff Saturday, these were all gone. He's back. He's back. No, I'm I... not back. I can only look at my account, but I can't tweet out or anything else like that. Now, if I grab this... And throw it over here. Again, this is great for an audio podcast. Yeah. By the way. You know, so when somebody else head. attempts to view my account, I just they see that. As well. Yeah. Yes. You come up in the search and it says that we follow each other, but when you right. click on it, it's just a blank page. Right. So, ooh, I'm glad that this tweet came up because I needed I needed to cross reference um, some of the dates for movies coming out this year. Well, I'm glad I'm glad something's working for you. Right. Go ahead and save that real quick. I am. Oh, let me try to bookmark it. <laughs> oh shit, I can't. Damn it. You know, you're allowed to save the picture, right? That's what that's what normal people do is they screenshot stuff and they just throw it in their phone uh, phone library. I phone do that too. But a lot of the stuff that I had uh bookmarked was like um gifts and clips and stuff. Yeah, for the, the this day in history, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, since oh go ahead. I was going to say enough about that. I'm, I doubt I'm ever going to get my account back, but it's still a fun journey to be on, you know? Yeah. Um, since this is at odds after dark, I'll tell you a real quick story of what I went through the other day. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think I mentioned it or I might've tiptoed around it on the pod, but like I got a job offer. Um, yes. so, and I know I talked to like at the compound when we all got together for the pay-per-view, we were talking about it, but it's conditional on a background check. And I, I'm confident I can get through that. I've been very thorough with DNA cleanup, you know, and everything like that. I've never sent the actual letters. Uh, restraining orders never went into effect. So we're good there. Uh, but the other thing was a drug test. So I was going to ask, are they send you, are, are they going to send you for a piss test? Go yeah. ahead. So <laughs> they want to see if I'm going to piss hot, you know? And uh, so I got the job offer like Friday at like four o'clock. And it's obviously the weekend and Monday was a holiday. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it on Tuesday. And, you know, I wake up real early on Tuesday, 11.30, noon, something like that. And I'm like, I'm going to go get comics, and then I'll go get the the piss test. And so I went went to get comics, put the address of the place into my GPS. It's in Dunmore. It's just an area I've never been to. And I get there, and I'm in the parking lot, and I'm like, I do not need to go to the bathroom. I was like, I can't, there's zero chance I'm going to be able to pee on command. So I'm like, all right, it's still early. I'm going to go home. I'm going to have lunch. And then I'll come back. They don't close until five. So I go home, have a couple cups of coffee, you know, uh, have lunch. And no then poppy get... seed bagels, I hope. No, no poppy seeds. I, I want to be able to go see the Burmese, you know. <laughs> uh, but so I'm like, okay, time to get ready to go. Let me just go brush real quick, brush my teeth, go to the bathroom, and then leave. And yes, Joe, I didn't even think as I'm leaving, I'm like, I just went to the bathroom. So I'm like, well, that defeats the whole purpose. That's it. Today's ruined. We're going to try again tomorrow. So I attempt to go back the second day and I go, I'm all set. I'm loaded and ready for bear. Like I took, I drank like two, two or three extra glasses of water right before I left the house. Like, and I get there and there's nobody there. Like the, the waiting room is empty and everywhere 
on every single wall, every single desk, every single door, there's all these printed out signs that say, check in on the iPad. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Go over, check in on the iPad. And then it says on the iPad, please fill out one of the forms. And then there's a bunch of clipboards with these forms where you're basically typing the exact or writing the exact same stuff that was put into the iPad, right. but whatever it's the medical industry. It's not known for being, uh, you know, efficient. So I fill out the form and then I go over to like the counter and, you know, like doctor's offices type places, they'll have the glass sliding door counters. Uh, there's nobody there. And I kind of pop my head, look around the corner. I don't see anybody. I don't hear anybody. So I sit down and I'm sitting there. I'm just on my phone for like 10 minutes and then some lady at the, comes over to the glass window and she's like, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, uh, I have a, uh, take a drug screening. You need to check in on the iPad. I, I already did. Did you fill out the form? And I'm like, and I hold it and I kind of do like the, the JBL ticket thing. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You're like flicking the, flicking the clipboard. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So I have that. And she's like, well, you were supposed to bring it up to the window. And I just, I, I could have been like, well, there was nobody fucking here. But I was just like, all right, I'm sorry. Here you go. And give it to her. And she's like, have a seat. Somebody will be with you as soon as they're ready. And I just like, I look around. And again, there's nobody there. I'm the only person in this place. And I got to pee really bad. <laughs> and somebody else walks in and goes up to the counter. And it's like, oh, I have an appointment for one. She's like, oh, no problem. We'll see you right in. And I'm like, God damn it, I didn't know appointments were a thing. So I'm sitting there, I'm waiting even longer. And I'm like, this is how you get uromycetosis. You know, like having to hold it this long. So anyways, I eventually go in. I feel like I was there for 45 minutes. And they give me the what amounts to like a Dixie cup. Like it, it had to be the <laughs> smallest plastic cup in the history of man. And, you know, she's like, empty your pockets, blah, 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 blah. You know, leave, take off your jacket and go in there. And she's like, and also this Dixie cup, there's like a little black line that's only about a third of the way up. She's like, okay, fill it up to that point. And I'm like, okay. And I go in and there had, I'm not going to go into details, but there had to be a solid minute or two where I was just very confused by the mechanics of how I was to do this. Cause I don't think I've, I've had to pee into a cup in like 20 years. And I, I, I swear the cup was bigger last time, you know? <laughs> so somehow I managed to, to, to figure that out and to not like make a mess. And I handed the, uh, the cup I'm leaving and she's like, oh, like jokingly, she's like, did you pass? <laughs> and I'm like, I think I'll be okay. But I was like, do me a favor. I, I don't know what they're testing for. Like, I don't know what the tests will find. I assume it's just like a drug test type of deal. But like, if you find that I have some other disease, like we've talked about this before, I don't want to know if this drug test is like, oh, you also have high cholesterol or blood pressure or like whatever. Uh, just tell me if there's drugs in the system or not. Actually, tell my employer if there's drugs in the system or not. But if you find any other relevant information, keep it to yourself, you know? So I think that same place in Dunmore is when, where I went to um, when I had to take the drug test, as you mentioned, 20 some years ago. You know, I've been at my job now this past November was 23 years. So that was probably when I had to go and do it. And I remember not being in a Dixie cup. I remember it being like almost in like a beaker. Right. Okay. Like maybe like a four to six ounce, like a little plastic cup, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, if there's a Dixie, so what I did, you know, and again, they don't want you to fill the whole thing up, but I peed in the cup. It was past the line. And then I just poured out just enough so it was to the line. 
that that's how you would do it, right? See, I I was I tried to stop before I hit the line because I'm oh. an idiot. <laughs> and then I looked at the line and I was like, oh, it needs some more. And then I went back for seconds. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I didn't think of the possibility of pouring it out. And you do know, and it's funny because like you went the first day and then you couldn't go, and then you went the second day and then you were made to wait. You know that's how uh, Dylan Hornswoggle Postel got his wellness violation, right? No, I didn't hear about that. That so he's told the story that you know they did the drug, they did like you know whatever the drug tests for people, and he couldn't go. He just he's like I can't. They're like gave him water. They said come back later, and he just couldn't go. And they go, you know, if you can't go, it counts as a wellness strike. And he goes, I, I guess it's going to have to. Like, I can't go, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that's how he got his wellness violation. <laughs> Wink and a nod, sure. <laughs> you know? So that's the story he told into a microphone multiple times. So who am I not to believe, you know? This is true. He is the star of multiple WrestleManias and Muppets Most Wanted, you know? Six WrestleManias. <laughs> I wasn't sure of the exact number. I didn't want to shortchange him. Oh, how shortchange? <laughs> That's some sort of fucking joke? <laughs> if, it, if it was, I'm uncancelable, so it's okay. That's true. Alright, are you ready to get into the main show here? Yeah, I'll see it. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. Now, Adam, I know, uh, you know, we've been talking about the Monday Night Wars head-to-head, Monday Night Raw versus Monday Nitro. We're rolling 1998 into 1999. But before we get to that, Adam, did you know that the Monday Night Wars were reignited again on this very day 14 years ago? <gasps> what? This is when Impact decided to go head-to-head with Monday Night Raw. Granted, they started at 8 o'clock, and they went 8 to 10, and Raw started at 9. Um, but this that's was a- the beginning of the Hogan-Bischoff era of TNA. I was about to say, that sounds like a genius move. I bet that, I bet Terry, bad Terry also said, get rid of that stupid six-sided ring, too. Brother, uh, but... Adam, this show, they brought out the big guns for this episode of Impact. You had Hogan. You had Bischoff. You had Ric Flair making his debut. Jeff Hardy making his return. Hall, Nash, Waltman, Foley, Double J, Orlando Jordan, Bobby Lashley, the Nasty Boys, Val Venus. (laughs) Spot on, Val Venus. (laughs) And they stack the deck, and they do the whole thing. And what did WWE do to counter all of these huge names and this big competition, Adam? What's that? They only needed to do one thing. Making his first appearance on Raw in over 12 years, ladies and gentlemen, Brett the Hitman! Oh, listen to that horrible mix. <laughs> I just waiting for Mr. Hitman to come out with this stuff. This version of the song sucks so much. Look at that. Hey! No! I'm not the 
anywhere that chrome does it. Look at that. Mr. Hitman. Thought he was the raw guest host that night. <laughs> so they do, the whole, they do the whole thing where him and Sean reconcile in the ring. And then they set up. Well, let's not talk about what they set up. But all those people that Impact put on their show. And all WWE did was, yeah, we got Bret Hart back on Raw for the first time in 12 years. Yeah, uh, I'd love to bury it, but I can't. It's a, it was a good play. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Um, well, I mean, Sean saved the segment. If it was just him coming out, it was just Brett coming out. It would have been kind of weak, but... So, um, Sean is newly religious at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have or did you ever see the DVD box set about the rivalry with Brett and Sean that was hosted by uh, JR? Uh, I'm sure I have it, and I I almost guarantee I watched it, but I haven't watched it since it first came out. Okay. If you get a chance, go back and watch that again. Um, While Sean is very candid in regards to the way that he was back in 1997, 98, and 99, um, a lot of it ends up on the cutting room floor uh, very poorly, I might add. It's a very... It's it's very difficult to edit around a guy telling a story about how he was this way because he was fucked up on pills. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really messed up edit job on it. I love it. It's so bad, right? Gotcha. Uh, but of course, TNA, you know, they fail in that instance. But TNA still going strong today. Actually, tonight is their first night officially rebranded as TNA. As far as I'm concerned, they never changed their name, right? Is that on, like, the Travel Channel or, like, Frontier Access Network? TV, or... maybe? Yeah, I don't get that. I think that it chance. streams on Twitch as well. <laughs> uh, all right, 0 for 2. All right. But obviously, we need to get into what we've always talked about, and that's the head-to-head Monday Night Wars, Raw versus Nitro, January 4th, 1999, 25 years ago. And Adam, there's there's a couple big things that happened on this night, right? I, I see a Godfather versus Tess. No, 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 no. But there's a lot of bad things that happen on this night as well, right? Booker T versus Emery Hale. No. So we'll start with Nitro, okay? So they do a skit of the LWO partying. Okay. Uh, that was pre-recorded. Now. The reason that this was pre-recorded was because on uh, New Year's Day, uh, Eddie Guerrero was in a very bad car accident where uh, he almost died. But they had all this stuff filmed with Eddie at like a big house and with cars and people partying. So so they kept that a secret so they could play that thing on Nitro. And then it was the following week where they told us that Eddie was in the car accident. Yeah, I mean, don't want to waste like videotape. That's expensive. Right. Uh, this was the beginning of the uh, Jericho versus Perry Saturn rivalry. Uh, unfortunately, no Jericho segment on this week's show for Nitro. No Raven segment on this week's show for Nitro. Um, but and this is also the beginning of their like Bischoff. Uh, Ric Flair's in charge of WCW. Um, he puts Bischoff back on the commentary team. He announces that. Um, from here on out, Rick is now going to team up with his son, David Flair. So, again, laying the groundwork for a lot of bad stuff, right? 
Mm-hmm. Not to say that things were not great over on Raw. Now, it was a taped Raw. Uh, it was filmed the previous, um, uh, I think it would have been, pre- I think it was filmed like the previous Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but this episode has um, the Terry Runnels miscarriage angle. Always a classic. Puts butts uh, in the seats. You um, know, dead, dead baby angles. Midian, um, before he was Midian when he's just Dennis Knight is shown tied up in chains in a room somewhere in the bowels of the building. All right, two for two. China introduces Mark Henry to her friend Sammy. Okay, yep, I remember that. I'm sure that was done in good taste. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, and it will continue to be done in good taste. Um, But, again, we're setting up for uh, WrestleMania, or WrestleMania for Royal Rumble. This is for a spot in the Royal Rumble. Triple H takes on Mankind. Shane McMahon is the referee. Uh, Triple H wins after uh, Shane McMahon kicks Foley's hands on the ropes. Uh, Fast counts Triple H on a sunset flip. Triple H says, hey, listen, I won the match, but don't say I never gave anything. Merry Christmas. He gives Shane a pedigree. Mick locks in a submission hold on Shane. Vince comes out to save his son, and Mick and Mick says, if you get any closer, I'll break his arm. And I'm not letting him go until you give me a shot at The Rock tonight. Vince, for the love of his son, again, how a lot changes in 25 years, <laughs> uh, acquiesces and gives Mick Foley that shot uh, at The Rock later on that evening. Now, again, Raw is taped. Nitro is live and that gives us this famous moment on Nitro. Vance, as Hollywood Hogan walks away, you look at this 40,000 plus on hand. If you're even thinking about changing the channel to our competition, fans do not. Because we understand that Mick Foley, who wrestled here one time as Cactus Jack, is going to win their world title. Well, going to put some butts in the seat. Now... <laughs> Tony Schiavone will tell you that this was informed for him to say by Eric Bischoff. He says, don't don't even bother going over to the other channel. And the rumor is that, you know, 50 or 500 to 600,000 people did go over to the other channel. Right. Mm-hmm. And what they saw was this, Adam. Come on, Rock. Rock, rock scoop slam. You've got to give him credit. He has so much heart. He perseveres. He takes tremendous punishment, but he continues to battle back. But he's hideous looking. Look at him. Rock misses with the right hand. Here's Mankind now. Oh, a lot of dead people outside that ringside oh, right, right, right now. Oh, now boy. Can Mankind gain some momentum? But it only being 23 like years ago. Now, this match is no DQ, Mike. It's a solid shot. It certainly was. It's over now. Hook to the leg. There's two. Yes. No. No. Only two. 
can't believe it. We got problems. We got no desk here. Rock again with the bell. Misses. Mankind. Kick to the midsection. Setting him up. Who's DDT? On the championship. Kind of fumbled that a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. For no DQ match, they're making sure the referee is distracted in every tell show. And Rock gets the shoulder up. Mankind just said. Also, that was the most I've ever seen a wrestler look at the referee for the three count. The Rock's eyes could not be I will interject. You know, as as we were watching the pay per view this past week, you like it's such a tell, and I pointed that like Todd was watching wrestling at this time, and I mentioned Todd, but whatever. And we, me, and like, you know, my friends that were like more wrestling fans, longtime wrestling fans, we would see The Rock do that all the time. And it would always piss us off. The Rock was doing it then. He still does it now. It's a bad habit that a lot of people have. Some would say it's a pet peeve, but that's for we need wrestling. When I pointed that out to Todd, that I'm like, I go, oh, it's not the finish. And he goes, how'd you know? I go, watch The Rock. I go, when he's being pinned and it's not the finish, he's always watching the referee to make sure to kick out on time. And Todd's like, oh, you just ruined, like, every Rock match for me now. I'm like, I, I ruined him for me, too, you know, if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, I'm glad that I never – I didn't recognize that back when he was, like, an active wrestler. Like, yeah. when he was a part-timer. So I'm glad that the, the magic was there for me most of the time. There's Sacco! This It's no DQ! Mr. Sacco! Rock tasted Mr. Sacco at rock bottom! Rock, look out! He could taste it again today! Send the corporation in. There you go. Oh, it's breaking down. Billy got on Shamrock. DX to the corporate team. I'm going at it. Look out. Listen to that pop. Watch this. Yeah, definitely don't turn over to watch this. I'm sure whatever Nitro has on will definitely be just as good. Good thing Shane's holding back Vince because Vince would have torn Austin apart there. So, as a as a Mick fan, right? You know, he was a guy I kind of liked when I first saw him in like eighty nine, ninety in the early, you know, uh, mid or mid south, uh, USWA, Texas. His first run in WCW, the second run in WCW when he comes in like late ninety one into ninety two. My God, this guy's kind of cool. They baby first tournament ninety four, and then obviously the ECW stuff is where I fell in love with Mick, and he becomes my guy. Never in a million years did I think he would win the title, right? They mm-hmm. WWE even announced that he was winning the title ahead of time on WWE.com, right? There were dot-coms back in 1999, right? So, because it was a taped show, you know, they're like, we want people yeah. to tune in and watch this, right? And just an amazing moment for yeah. for me as a fan, amazing moment re-watching. Like, even now, like, I knew, I'm like, okay, the Austin Pop is going to happen. But when that Austin Pop happens, even as I'm watching it here, I got goosebumps, right? Because I knew what was coming next, seeing Mick win the title, right? 
Yeah. And I remember at the time, just with all of the, the combustible elements at ringside, that there was just so many ways they could have screwed him out of it, you know? <sighs> yeah. But they didn't. Now, this is something that doesn't get talked about very much, and I want to give credit to um, the WCW Nitro book um, that came out a couple years back. So, yes, it, it is true that when Tony Schiavone said, don't change over, about five to 600,000 people changed over from Nitro to Raw to see this moment happen. Now, Raw was taped, and usually when Raw was taped, there was no overrun. It was a nice, tight two hours. Nitro's live... Nitro has a little bit of an overrun. It's a three-hour show to begin with. So once Raw is over and they see Mick Foley win, two million people switched over from Raw, because it was over, yeah. to watch Nitro. And this is what they saw in Nitro. We are live! And as we know, as we saw before the commercial break, Goldberg making his way out we haven't seen him oh so i forgot to mention the advertised main event for this show was the rematch from starcade of kevin nash versus goldberg but as goldberg was entering the building he was arrested um because miss elizabeth had pressed stalking charges against him <laughs> sure um so goldberg was tied up at the uh police station now People who know the geography of this area, they're at the Georgia Dome. People who know the geography of this area, the police station where Goldberg was at, where they took him to, is across the street from the Georgia Dome. Like, literally, you cross a highway and you're there, right? Mm -hmm. So we did see Goldberg get released from jail from his captive because Miss Elizabeth couldn't keep her story straight, right? Well, she was probably, uh, you know, a little... <laughs> If you know what I mean. Sure. So Hulk Hogan made his day, made his return after being off Nitro for about a month. He decides he's going to step in and take Goldberg's place to take on Nash in the main event of Nitro here. Very selfless of him. Right. Um, last time we saw Hogan, he was part of the NWO Hollywood. So he's got Scott Steiner with him. Uh, prior to Starcade, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall had reconciled. So Scott Hall is at ringside for Kevin Nash in the Wolfpack colors. And let's get back to this epic encounter. Where is it? I'm sure we've got people at every entryway, the main entryway for the wrestlers to come in. Where he was taken out as soon as Goldberg hits. I know we're going to follow that story as well. So many things developing back and forth. And look at this, Tony. Hogan's in his street clothes to wrestle. Listen to the fans. Look at Hogan's reaction. Over 40,000 plus. This is better than a playoff game. Now this is what pro wrestling, what world championship wrestling is all about. How prophetic. <laughs> I was about to say, you don't want to say Very that. Very look on Hogan's face. But Nash ready to go at it. Taking their time with each other. Oh, look at that push. Nash trying to get him to hook up at least by shoving the man in the corner. Let's see if that gets a reaction from Hollywood here. Well, he's just pacing himself. He's been in so many big matches. Well, he has. What happened? 
Even Ladies and gentlemen, and Russo's not even here yet. <laughs> the winner, the new heavyweight champion of the world, from NWO Hollywood. Oh, and there's Goldberg finally showing up in the building. The new world heavyweight champion, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the man, the man. What the hell is he doing here? He's under arrest. He's under arrest. What is he doing here? Get him out of here. The world heavyweight champion is in the ring. Oh, they arrested him once. Once another time. Go for it, Goldberg. Here it this comes. is a disgrace. This is a disgrace. Get the police out here. Get me the city attorney. Do a wardrobe change in between scenes? No, he took his coat off. Okay. Nice kick there, He's a criminal for crying out loud. And he's not done yet. Look at that belt oh. shot from Hogan. Oh, he's yeah, devastating. Yeah. And Goldberg is selling that. Goldberg doesn't he's sell anything. He sold, sold those criminal. two shit belt shots from Hogan. He's got a record. He shouldn't be allowed in wrestling. Oh, what a spear. <laughs> Hogan doing the Devon shaky leg sell from the spear. Let's Luger's come down. Thank goodness for Lex Luger. I'd say that today, but... <laughs> He's gonna... Oh, not now! Oh, no! This works again! Luger attacked Luger! What's this? What's going on? Shazam! By golly! G-Wilkers! It's all falling! Oh, Tony! How could this happen? Oh, my goodness! How could this be? Oh, the world heavyweight champion, Hollywood Hogan, not only reunited with Scott Hall I and really Kevin Nash, so the newest addition, the total package, Lex Luger, oh my goodness gracious, Tony, can you believe it, can you believe it, oh! Here comes Bob into the ring as well. Oh. Yeah, yes, part of the show. One of the biggest... So it gets a little annoying because Bischoff starts doing shock stick noises, and then when they spray paint Goldberg, he does spray can noises. So it gets very annoying. <laughs> but again, WCW's own hubris. They get people to leave the show and see this great feel-good moment over on Raw. And then they get the overrun. They get nearly 2 million people coming over to see the last segment. And whether they were following what was going on or not, this is what they see as the end of Nitro. After that feel-good moment with Mick Foley and Austin and The Rock and all the big characters. And, like, Goldberg just gets laid out and they do a bullshit finish in their world title thing, right? Yeah, and, and again, I get my timelines mixed up because we were doing the Patreon and sometimes it gets blurred together. But, like, Nash had, like, a really good promo as the go-home for this, right? Yes. Last week? And it's uh, like they're building him up two, as, it like, was, it was, like, two weeks ago because we're, like, okay. two weeks removed from Stark, Starkade. Yeah, so, like, he's on a hot streak as, like, the next guy, you know? He's, he's like a super baby face. A, yeah. Oh, WCW, everyone. Uh, well, luckily they're still in. Oh no, they're not. <laughs> and, 
and Adam, I know you're going to be surprised. As bad as this is, somehow it's going to get worse. I, that's not possible. At, <laughs> well, at some at some point, a certain uh, a certain woman with a clipboard and glasses will show up into our lives and fix everything, Joe. W- that does not happen. Well, you know what? I got to make sure because, um, well, I don't want to spoil anything for you. But um, again, there are glimmers of gold in the shit that WCW will be for the next two years of his existence. Yeah. Again, we talk about it on the Patreon all the time. We see we see certain segments, and I ask, "How did this company not win?" You know, because <sighs> it's because of segments like this. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. All right, uh, so enough about the past. Let's get into the more recent past. What would you like to talk about from the last uh, week in wrestling? It's a new year, Adam. I decided let's have you go first this time. I appreciate that, and I. Normally, I would graciously accept your offer, but Joe, this is a man that you've you've known for many, many years. You've been friends with. You've followed his ups and downs of his career, and I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to talk about it first. Tell us all about your feelings of Dolph Ziggler showing up in New Japan. <laughs> no, no, no. Tell us about Eddie Kingston. I want to start with Eddie Kingston, but he's your guy, so I, I just want to chime in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had the pay-per-view in general and we could talk about like, eh, you know, I'll say like this might have been the first OK AEW pay-per-view. Yeah, but no, I was just going to say, like, the the I enjoyed the MJF uh, the Samoa Joe and I obviously enjoyed the Mox uh, Eddie Kingston. But the I'm not going to say it was a bad pay-per-view because right. those two matches are must watch to steal something from viewer's choice. And you can't have two must watch matches and it be a bad pay-per-view. Yeah. But like, and, and but I'll even everything go, else yeah, like, is forgettable. I, I like the opener, the eight man, right? I forgot. Um, I thought it was the bell rang. Was, oh, was that? I said, I forgot all about it. As soon as the, like the final bell rang, it was just, it was there. I thought edge and Christian was good. Yeah. I thought the last three matches of the show were good, right? Um, everything else, you know, was just there, right? Um, I saw somebody else. It was, might have been Kurt from the Stink Sheet say, uh, I don't know what everyone's complaining about. This is a perfectly good episode of Rampage. <laughs> um, but Eddie winning, um, whatever the hell it's called, the American Triple Crown, winning the match with Moxley, I knew in my heart of hearts that Eddie was going to win it, right? That was the story to tell. Um, but the promos that they cut on each other leading up to this moment, you know, I'm not going to say that I had doubt, but you, you're never 100% sure unless you're 100% sure. But even, Plus, like, the the finish came out of nowhere. Like, we yeah. all felt like uh, it, it was a no-brainer that Eddie Kingston would beat Claudio the first time for the Ring of Honor belt. And then right. was like, well, you know, he didn't say let it play out, but it was basically let it play out. Uh, so there was always that chance that it was like, well, there's more money in, in, in Eddie chasing for the belts, you know? But go ahead. But I thought the match was really good, of course. These two guys uh, haven't wrestled each other in a singles match in quite some time. Uh, I thought the match was laid out. The two guys beat the shit out of each other. They didn't do a ton of cool, fancy moves. It was just hard-hitting wrestling, which is the kind of wrestling I like. I like all kinds of wrestling, but, you know, this is my favorite kind. And even, you know, the fact that Eddie won just off, like, one back fist. 
You know, usually to win a match on pay-per-view for a title, you got to spam your finisher like two, three, four times. But it was one of those things where like Eddie hit it. It was perfect. You couldn't have hit that move any more clear. Cameras picked it up absolutely great. And he went for the cover. And I'm like, oh, Mox is going to kick out. And he did it. And I'm like, holy shit, Eddie won. And, you know, we had a whole crew of everyone up at the house. You know, uh, you know, Tim and Marcus were there. Uh, it was DJ's house. Of course, he was there. Brett was there. Doug was there. Michelle stayed awake for the entirety of the pay-per-view. <laughs> and Marcus got up and he was like high-fiving everybody, man. It was a great moment. And, you know, obviously there was a time where this maybe, you know, in recent memory where it wasn't a thing. But if you could get a couple of your friends together and watch a wrestling pay-per-view or, you know, set up a destination. You know, I know they AEW does their pay-per-views at a bunch of different places or whatever it is. Like, it's good watching a wrestling pay-per-view with your friends. Yeah. Just can't be, like, late and get the seat that's closest to the TV. That's the worst. I guess. <laughs> I don't know um, what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the match. I The most infuriating thing is I, I, I feel like it's Ed's fault because Ed commenting on the worst people on Twitter somehow allows those people's, like, thoughts to permeate my timeline. We talked about curating timelines. Yes. And I saw something, and it's obviously not from anybody that, like, none of us and none of our followers, but it's just something I saw where somebody was like, so all they did was slap each other multiple times, and then Eddie Kingston wins by punching Moxley a bunch of times? What a terrible finish. And I'm like... Like, let somebody like Eddie Kingston punch you a bunch of times and see if you get back up. Like, that's, as you said, there's different types of wrestling, and that was a fight. And it wasn't, like, a terrible walk-and-brawl fight that some companies would convince you is, like, what a real fight is like. This was, like, two dudes just pounding on each other. And because they're good friends, like, there were some snug hits in there. You know, like, there was a lot of, uh, there was no daylight in those strikes. So I really enjoyed the match. Obviously, I don't have the emotional investment that you guys do when it comes to Eddie Kingston because I'm late to the party. But I'm I'm glad that the most obvious thing is what they did. You know, like they could have swerved us, bro, and had, like I mentioned, had Mox win and had Eddie chase because he's the ultimate underdog and drag it out again for another pay-per-view. But I loved how they gave it to him. And I even like the, the backstage promo with him talking about him getting confidence from winning this and you know like trying to get the the camera guy and like the sound guy into the shot and uh just the gratitude that he's showing in his his promos i I loved it you know obviously he's your guy so i wanted you to have the chance to talk about it and i will come back to something else that happened on this pay-per-view but i'm gonna change subjects if you're done with eddie kingston yeah man like i said you know i thought it was um you know really good match it was a really good moment and uh couldn't on both hand on one hand i want eddie to be that champion forever and defend it next year the continental classic um but i also want eddie to lose it so he can rewin it again next year the continental classic so i'm torn i actually i i brought this question up in the discord and and i think only one person replied to me so i'm gonna bring it up here uh do you, would you rather because i would would you have rathered all of our orange cassidy love aside but if the continental classic had the international title in there instead of just a kabuki-ish made-up title and have the Ring of Honor world title, the New Japan Strong, and the AEW international title? Would you feel like there would be, I don't want to say more prestige, but like there's part of me that 
asks, well, where is the international belt in respect to the Triple Crown? Is is the international like a higher belt? Are they equal? Well, how can the belt that has a world title in it be lower than an international? It, it's bringing up confusing things for me, but because two of my favorite wrestlers are holding the two respective titles, like it's not bothering me that much. But I feel like if, you know, of a lesser wrestler, like I don't even want to say Roddy's re- lesser, but let's say Roderick Strong wins the international belt. Is that a better belt than the Triple Crown? Like, I feel like these are questions that could have been addressed by folding that into the tournament. So it's tough to say, right? We we can we could belabor this until we're both blue in the face. You know, it, it definitely felt as though uh, for the last couple months, like the last like let's say three or four months, AEW had this idea of doing an American Triple Crown, and the question was going to be what belts are going to be. I think even when they did the match at Wrestle Dream and it was Kingston versus Shibata, I thought at that point they were going to announce that they were going to fold the pure title in and do the triple crown that way instead of doing the Continental Classic. They very easily could have just done a match like that where it's OC against Eddie and the winner gets all three belts or, you know, whatever, right? But I think in this instance, what OC has done with the international title over the last 12 months, I think by folding it into the New Japan Strong title, and the Ring of Honor World title. For sure, prior to the Continental Classic, the international title was definitely above both of those two titles. It was definitely above both of those two titles combined. Now, you throw the third belt in there, and it's representing all three titles, it's representing what that that tournament does, and the fact that OC hasn't, like, the second reign of OC as the champ wasn't the same as the first reign, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I still remember the first reign. You still remember the first reign. So one would definitely think or hope that the idea is to make all these belts somewhat equally as prestigious. You know, before any of this all happened, that you know, it was supposed to be the world title was number one and the TNT title was number two. Christian has said promos lately that technically the TNT title is number one. And I can well, say when he has it. Yeah, it is when he has it, you know, in storyline. And, you know, I could make the argument, you know, Max's reign maybe hasn't been the best. Well, Samoa Joe is the champ now. And I think just by Samoa Joe holding that world title, that makes it the number one title. Whereas Max holding the world title, and I could make an argument that maybe Christian's title was above it or. OC's title was above it or, you know, whomever. And it's not because I like those guys as performers better than I like Max. I like OC more than I like Samoan Joe. And I like Eddie more than I like Samoan Joe. Not that I don't like Samoan Joe, but the way the characters are presented on TV and the quality of competition that they defend the title against and the quality of those matches and the importance in which those matches are presented on TV. I'll even go as far as to say right now, just for the sake of, OC working with more varied opponents and younger opponents that the international title is probably like taking a step or two down. Yeah, it definitely feels that way lately. Like I like the bit of him just giving title shots that people didn't necessarily ask for it, but it's a lot of people that come on, man, like Rocky Romero shouldn't be challenging for the top belt in AEW, you know, or whoever. And he's not, he was at that time. He was at least second best, right? 
Well, what I'm saying is if you're if the international belt, it, because of OC's first reign, is seen as like this really important belt, which it was, there's no reason why like top flight guys should be challenging for it. Or like it's just it's very random that it's like a open challenge type of thing, like a US title open challenge or Cody's old TNT open challenge, you know? Right, anyway. but we can go back to when Cody was doing the TNT Open Championship. I think that was a very important title because so many people, not Warhorse, got hired off of their one-off matches that they had with Cody. Yeah, I get you. I'm just saying it just uh, it feels like it, OC is going around in circles. But that wasn't my initial point. It's just that I I, I felt like would, that. Would, would the continental? Yeah, would the continental crown been more important if they folded the international title into it instead of creating a new title? I say no. I say we're fine where we are. A year from now, we get more defenses of all these titles together. We look at Joe's reign. We look at what they do with the TNT title. Because like the TNT title is kind of like becoming its own little island, where it just involves like Danielson gets a shot here and there, but it's mostly just like Christian's title, do whatever he wants with. Yeah. Plus, isn't going to be funny if for somehow AEW leaves Warner? You know, obviously all signs are pointing to it not being the case, but like all of a sudden it's like Christian has the FX title <laughs> and uh, who who's uh, Julia Hart Julia, has the TBS Julia, title. Yeah. yeah, Julia Hart has the the true TV title or <laughs> wherever they end up. Right. You know? I, or are they I, just going to change them to TV titles? I'll say this. I don't, you know, I don't know about you. I would have no problem with all AEW program and streaming live on Tubi. <laughs> and you make it the two B title, the two B men's title, the two B women's title. Uh, I can't argue it because they're going to be the streaming platform that wins in the end. You know, right? All right. Speaking of winning in the end, Joe, I am not a crazy person, so I did not watch and pay attention to Raw, but I might have had it on in the background as I was doing other things because I wanted to see who this giant super surprise former world champion that was returning would be. And they did the little swerve where they had Jinder Mahal come out. And I'm sure Marcus and Tam were, were uh, doing high fives. Like OC just won the title or not OC Eddie Kingston. But obviously the big thing was that the rock came out. And after he did all of his silly little bits, he asked the crowd if he should eat at a diner or at the like in a booth or at a bar or if he should sit at the head of the table and the crowd goes nuts and Joe it's the funniest thing on the planet cuz poor poor Cody <laughs> and obviously Seth versus Punk is for the fake belt at Mania but if they WWE finally got their way it's looking like Roman versus the Rock at Mania and maybe Cody could host this year <laughs> and I, I, it's just very, very funny that he's never going to finish the story. Maybe he'll go back to AEW and he'll finish the story there, and he'll he'll show up on Dynamite and ask people what they want to talk about and let us know about his father. We didn't know he had a famous father, but I thought as soon as The Rock said that, I'm not one of the people that's like, oh, we're going to get to see Rock versus Roman. I was like, oh, that's so funny for poor Cody, and I kind of feel bad. But uh, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up. Now, that's in my notes to talk about as well. Um, so, the Rock promo was what it was, right? 
The yeah, whole seg- cookie cutter rock promo, you know? Yeah, the whole segment from like them announcing Ginger coming out to Roxanne the Line. It's up on their YouTube site. It's gotten a lot of views. That segment got like 2.2 million viewers, which is like the biggest like quarter hour, 20 minutes and raw and like X amount of time, whatever, 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 right? And we could sit here and all laugh at Cody and, you know, say that Eddie Kingston has finished like six stories in the time that it's taken Cody not to finish one, right? Yeah, but I, I, I'm going to have to be the harsh reality person on the show, Adam. The Rock is going to be the one to take on Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber in Australia. So about a week before, about a week ago, it was, around like, it was like maybe like the Tuesday or Wednesday after Christmas, something came out that WWE was working with the eight with the Australia Tourism Board to get The Rock to be on Elimination Chamber to get like some sort of whatever, so they could get more boosting from the Tourism Board. That like it's one thing if WWE's coming to town, it's another thing if WWE's coming to town with The Rock, right? So discussion of Rock being on Elimination Chamber was out in the public like a week before this Raw even aired, right? So, it is still going to be Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. Boo. Breaking my heart, Joe. Again, I'm sorry I have to be the one to, like, present facts. Listen, I... Why do you bring facts into this? I I know. This is a a purely entertainment show, but I'm kind of... I don't know if you saw the thing with that Wrestle Club, that, like, uh, elementary school thing, right? No clue. Okay. So let me see if I could find it here while we're talking. So it's a big deal with these kids. They always go to the different wrestling shows. It's a wrestling club at the school and the whole thing, right? So this was about a month or so ago where they put this thing up where it's like the you know, it's the popcorn fundraiser, right? Okay. So, so here's the link. People could do it online. You know, they, they, AEW people, they like whenever they're in New York, they're in Brooklyn, whatever AEW or WWE is in Brooklyn, people always show up, right? WWE people, AEW people, whomever at the kids class, they do a whole thing for the kids. Why didn't Um, we run opportunities like this when we were in school? Okay. Because wrestling wasn't popular. What was I going to do? Hey guys, let's go get, let's see if we can get Sparky plug and fucking (laughs) Quang to show up, right? I think it was just because there was no social media for us to go yeah. out and glad hand on. If I was in school with Troy Nelson at the time, he'd be the only one. It'd just be me and him, right? <laughs> okay. So uh, they put this thing out at the end of November. They're doing the fundraiser. Well, over the weekend, Cody sends out this tweet. I don't know if you could see that, but I'll read it. It says, I could buy a bunch of popcorn or I could just tell you, I got all of your tickets and hotels. You're all coming to WrestleMania. Okay. So Cody, probably WWE, but Cody is footing the bill for a 20 to 30 person classroom plus family, right? Because they're kids. They can't travel on their own, right? Yeah. To go to WrestleMania for both nights, tickets, hotels, airfare, the whole thing, right? So Cody doing that. And then they put the reaction video up online today of the kids finding out. Cody replies, can't wait to meet you all. Now let's go finish the story. Oh. You don't see The Rock doing this, right? 
the doesn't rock, need to. He's the rock. The rock is dressing up as a meme picture from 1996. You don't dress up for New Year's. You dress up for Halloween. The rock is doing interviews now. His time of doing beat him up, smash him up movies is over. Now he's looking to expand his Hollywood career to do more thoughtful pictures, like Smart doing man. the biopic of that doped up MMA guy, right? Uh-huh. All right, I see where this is going. I, again, how dare you and how dare anybody on the internet try to cast dispersions on The Rock? The Rock is and will always be the coolest person on the planet. So, like, I get it's popular to dunk on The Rock, but The Rock is still The Rock. So The Rock at 20% efficiency is still better than most people at 90%. Now, people who get accused of this uh, usually have done something very egregious or say something very egregious. And I would never say that The Rock has taken a bite or two or three out of his chocolate bunny. But maybe he's left it out in the sun a little too long. Start to look a little haggard is all. The Rock's chocolate bunny, though, it wasn't one of those bunnies that you can handle, like, in your hand. It was one of those novelty ones that you would use, like, a hand cart to move. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) he could take as many bites out of it as he wants. The bunny can still fill a small room. It's like a computer from 1975. Like, it's taken up a whole room. It's just like the candy eyes drooping a little bit. Doesn't matter. There's still more chocolate there than anybody could possibly consume in a lifetime. Listen, I, I hard pressed to disagree with this statement. I'm just saying that's looking a little sad. Is all. That's all right, fine. Little, I, I a want little my bit bunny to be chocolate bunny, right? Yeah, I want my bunny to be that sad. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh no, it doesn't look that great, but I can feed a small village for the next ten years with it. You know, all right. Anyways, I just was happy to see for a moment Cody kind of. Oh yeah, I got nothing against the guy, but I like dunking on him. It's just fun. But yeah, this, uh, listen, I like dunking on Cody too. But this is like, uh, you know, he's a good guy. And, and I guess he's nice to kids, and I guess that's fine. But uh, why do you waste the rock in Australia? Like a show that, like, what do we have to watch the show at like four a.m.? Like that makes no sense because the. Tourism board has probably given WWE a bunch of money. Since when is WWE shills for money? Well, Adam, <laughs> forever. Oh, all right. That's stupid. I'm not going to watch some freaking weird midday pay per view. But it is the Rock? <laughs> well, listen. By the time you'll be you'll be at your new job by then, you'll be up anyway, right? Yeah. All right, I'll think about it. What else do you got, Joe? Hey, on Dynamite this past week, uh, Kanosuke Takeshita versus Darby Allin was the uh, Dude's Rock match of the week. Um, I'd like to say that they just decided to go out there and kill each other, but Darby just decided to let Takeshita kill him for 10 minutes, and it was awesome. And I want Takeshita to to do that to everyone on the roster, except for OC and Eddie Kingston... And yeah, 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 I'd like to see him try to do it some mojo because that'd be really funny. Uh, but that match was awesome. Um, best match of the year. Uh, yeah, dudes rock. Uh, in the future, just do what I do and call him Big Take. Uh, right. It's a lot easier to pronounce. Uh, at the one point where, like, normally Darby doesn't need anybody in the ring to help Darby kill himself. 
<laughs> and the fact that Takeshita was nice enough to step up and take some of the, the burden off of Darby and help kill Darby. Uh, there was the one knee shot where I was like, Ooh, was that like a well-timed slap or did he just full, like full force, just connect with Darby's head with his knee. And I'm like, Oh no, that was a pretty solid shot. And the rolling Germans down the apron or not the apron, uh, the entrance way. Yes. Where the final one was a release German. I was like, Oh, that's so sick. And I agree. Like, the promo that Sammy Guevara cut last week or the week before where he was pointing out the fact that both powerhouse Hobbs and Takeshita had these big momentum swinging wins in their career and then nothing happened from it. And it's like, Oh, Hey, he's telling the truth. I I agree. Takeshita. I'm glad he got the win. I'm glad it was like a convincing win for Takeshita. And it wasn't like, here's 25 people interfering to help him win. And I agree, like, I'd like to see meaningful wins. Like, I don't want to see him out there beating, uh, this is the second time I'm going to dunk on Rocky Romero, but he's just the first person that come to mind. Like, oh, Takeshita beats Rocky Romero on this week's Rampage. Like, give me top-tier competition for Takeshita and have him plow through him and then have him challenge OC. And, like, that's somebody that if Orange Cassidy does lose the international championship, I wouldn't be sad because it's a top guy getting the belt, you know? Right. Now, they, they did set up with the whole, you know, uh, reveal of the Undisputed Kingdom that Roderick Strong is going to be going for the international title. And I think Roddy versus OC will be a fun match. And as much as I love OC, uh, you know, Roddy's been uh, showing a lot of gumption and promise over these last couple uh, months. And again, I, I'm upset anytime OC loses, but I'd be okay if Roddy was the uh, the international champion, right? Is he gonna? I, as long as he's like orange, <laughs> orange. Um, that was the other thing I was gonna bring up. Is obviously Adam Cole is the devil, and the most shocking thing to ever happen in AEW television. Joe, who saw that coming? Um, it was almost like it was the plan all along, but he got hurt, and then they had to string it out a little bit and panic, and then they just decided to go with what they were originally gonna do. Um, and obviously the kingdom and Roddy and, uh, Wardlow, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, like I like Adam Cole. This is what was the obvious choice. I like this way more than it being Darby Allen. Uh, that would have been a terrible thing. I don't know who would have said that. Like who would have wanted Darby Allen to be the guy under the mask that would have went over like a fart in church. Um, but I like it. It's just Undisputed Era. It's, you know, bad guy stable. And maybe one day Adam Cole will wrestle again. And the one I, uh, the one thing that's like, uh, not eye opening, but like makes you raise an eyebrow was Adam Cole saying that Wardlow is going to go for the world title and then just forfeit the title to Adam Cole. Uh, I don't like that. Like you're automatically planting seeds of potential descent in your brand new heel stable. I mean, like, Come on, like, I get you're trying to be Batista here, but, like, let's not telegraph it months in advance. I have no problem with the Undisputed Kingdom, uh, other than the fact that they stole the Spider-Man font. Um, The 90s Spider-Man font, even, not even, like, the good Spider-Man font. I could talk about the Undisputed Kingdom thing till I'm blue in the face here, but I will just say this, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, but the biggest problem with it is the fact that they're a five-person stable, who's down a person because their leader is still injured and they can't be full force. So I don't see them as a full threat. 
Sure, they were able to take out Max, but it was like the most needlessly elaborate scheme in the history of needlessly elaborate schemes. And like they got rid of Max. They don't have the world title. Their plan is to have... So Kingdom already have the Ring of Honor titles. Roddy already is going to go for the the international title. Wardlow, who's already failed against Joe multiple times for the TNT title, is going to go after Joe for the world title and then hand the title over to Roddy. This feels... Adam Cole. To Adam Cole. This all feels like slip shot thrown together not really well thought out bullshit right yeah it could have just said we're gonna go for all the gold you know right <laughs> you don't have to give us your entire roadmap uh i don't know I, I i have no problem with it and uh let me ask you this when bret hart was in the wheelchair did you see the Hart foundation as lesser or were they still a top heel slash baby face depending on what country uh stable they were in uh brett was only in the wheelchair for like two months, three months, and he had already established himself as, like, you know, a, a big hotshot deal continually on TV, not with a bunch of skits moving furniture and going on boat rides. Yeah, but, I mean, Adam Cole is... People who watch AEW have a long memory. They remember the Undisputed Era. They uh-huh. remember him being a, a... He was a top guy. He he was... He won, top like, guy a in match NXT. On- Top guy but in then Ring when of they Honor. did the crossover on Survivor Series, he won his match against, what, what was it, like Seth Rollins or some shit? It was an episode of SmackDown and he beat Danielson, but yes. Well, even better. I, I would say even better, but I'll yeah. say this. Fans have a long memory. They also have a short-term memory. And the most recent stuff of Adam Cole has been a TV clown. You gotta do a little... I need to see him, like, murdering... I, I need to see Adam Cole murdering more people not getting run off by Austin and Colton Gunn. He won the very prestigious inaugural Owen Hart tournament. Yeah, but what has he done lately? Um, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he pulled Britt Baker, so that's like an all-time win. Moving on. <laughs> uh, I So Adam had this in the notes, and listen, he wanted to do a complete retrospecticus of the last 18 Wrestle Kingdoms because they all happen on January 4th. And I said, Adam, enough with the Japanese wrestling all the time in the show. Oh, you know, you never stop. Um, but I did watch uh, Danielson and Okada today from Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, I didn't get a chance to watch, but go ahead. And it was a good match. Um, I like Shocker, Darby. Right? I, 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 don't know listen, how- I like I like Darby and Takeshita better. Um, as much as I love Danielson, and I'm now almost up to double digit of Okada matches that I've seen. Um, but uh, it was nice to see a motivated Okada. Did he in bump? The mat. Um, he took he took one bump, but it was outside the ring, right? <laughs> That's um, a bore level bump in there. I have a lot more notes about what was wrong with. Uh, Danielson and Okada than I do with what was wrong with Darby and Takeshita. Okay. Again, I like the match, um, but, you know, if if I'm comparing the two, recency bias, I give it to Darby and Takeshita. Why is it that when I woke up and I saw that some of the, like, the, th- the stuff that was trending from Wrestle Kingdom, I saw nothing about Okada Danielson, but all I saw was, like, David Finley and Ziggler. Well, because that was the bit. So they they did the bit where it was um, David Finley Moxley dressed as the Red Hood. 
Okay. Uh, like Jason Todd Red Hood. Oh, okay. I'm thinking like Little Red Riding Hood. No. <laughs> I was very confused, but yes, that makes and, more sense. And Will Ospreay dressed as the Pain Maker, I think. I'm not really sure. Um, so it was a three-way dance to crown that new title. And then it was during that match when Ziggler and uh, Frank Stallone came out to watch. <laughs> okay. Um, and then at the press conference, Ziggler attacked Finley. Um, and that's going to be, I guess, Ziggler's first program in New Japan against David Finley. All right. You're excited for that, right? I'm intrigued to see what da- uh, what Ziggler does um, outside of the WWE, like, whatever. Um, you know, he's a guy who, like, went right from collegiate wrestling to developmental to OVW to Florida Championship Wrestling to the main roster. And he's never had a sniff. Uh, outside of that so it'll be interesting to see what he does um he's not my guy but i wish him the best um i've heard nothing but great stories from anyone that's ever had any interaction with him so i hope he does well i hope he does great you know yeah i mean for years people have been saying i mean not me not you but people have been saying that like ziggler is Kenny Omega if he was outside of WWE and vice versa, you know, (laughs) Kenny Omega in WWE would just be Dolph Ziggler. And it's time to finally see, granted he's getting up there in age, but let's see what he can do when he's outside the WWE system. You know, let's see if he could pull a halfway decent match out of broski and then we'll talk. (laughs) That's come on. That's a, that's, that's an unreasonable ask. Uh (laughs) Don't put that on poor Zig. He's he's good, but he's not that good, right? Yeah, he's not a miracle worker. (laughs) Fuck, even I'm not going to defend that guy when it comes to that. Uh, Anything else? I got nothing else, Adam. Um, You know what? Go ahead and play uh, the jingle. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. Uh, this week, Lexus King did not have an in-ring segment. He did not have a match. Uh, didn't even have a backstage interview. He had one of those things where he was just filming himself with the camera. Like, oh, here's some TikTok footage of Lexus King. And he basically said that his social media has been popping lately. And he's not worried about the leaked footage that just came out. I don't know what the leaked footage he's referring to is because I only stop on NXT when I see the Lexus King stuff. So whatever the footage was, he's not worried about it. He wishes Carmelo Hayes luck at deadline. And this has been your Lexus King moment of the week. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. I might record one that says this has been as like a closure. Oh, like an yeah. intro and an outro. Yeah. Yeah. I'll work on that. <laughs> now there's a, um, NXT Twitter account. Um, NXT that anonymous. Is, right. NXT anonymous. Right. So is that maybe, yeah. Um, so before what he's talking about, I, yeah. So I, again, it's tough to, follow along when you actively don't care. Uh, And I know that there was Lexus King was implying that like Carmelo Hayes and his friend that, that Carmelo's friend trick Williams is that his name 
Lexus was yes. originally implying that Trick Williams attacked Carmelo Hayes, and then it turned out that wasn't the case, and that led to their match at the takeover or whatever. But I guess like there was an NXT anonymous thing that saw that showed Carmelo and Trick like hanging out backstage and then going their separate ways, and maybe that implied that Trick didn't attack Carmelo. I don't know because it's it's overly complicated, especially for someone who's just checking in, uh, like briefly, like I am. Right. But it was NXT Anonymous that led to that uh, that thing. Gotcha. That all right. Well, um, I guess that's all we got for this week. Of course, uh, there was a pay per view this past weekend, so there was no homework. But let me give you the homework assignment here. Okay for what we'll be watching for next week's homework. And that will be the uh, Go Home Thunder for Super Brawl 2000. This is actually the historic, monumental 100th episode of Thunder. Oh. Emanating from whatever the spectrum was at the time in Philadelphia. Uh, We have such matches on the show as the artist formerly known as Prince Ayake taking on Kaz Hayashi. Okay. The Wall taking on Norman Smiley. Oh, God, I've seen too much The Wall and Norman Smiley. Tank Abbott taking on Van Hammer. <laughs> okay, I'm here for that one. Uh, the Harris Brothers taking on Billy Kidman and Vampiro, who, if you remember just from this past uh, Nitro, they teamed and then they broke up because they have a match coming up together with each other at the pay-per-view. Well, good thing they're teaming again. That's all right. I'm yeah. Uh, in in a Philly street fight, Crowbar is taking on Big Vito to kind of shake up that whole David Flair Crowbar Mamelukes thing. <sighs> uh, in a singles, in a, in another match, we have referee Slick Mark Johnson taking on referee Mickey J, and I have no idea how the fuck they get to this match. That'll put some butts in the seats. <laughs> in a special cast match. With the special get, uh, guest referee Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart, Brian Snuggs takes on Fit Finley. All, the, all of them have casts on their arm, right? Right, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, There's more people. Right. Well, then all the people that Lex Luger took out, he he but, pilmanized all their arms. That's yeah, and he did. Didn't he do Hogan too? Shouldn't Hogan be in this match? Uh, that's not going to work. Thursdays aren't going to work for him, brother. <laughs> and in the main event, it's Ric Flair and Lex Luger taking on Dustin Rhodes and Terry Funk. Uh, all right. Uh, and I'll say this. At least no matches. I'm sure we'll get segments. No Sid match. No Scott Hall match. No, no Double J match. And yeah. that's your main event for the pay-per-view. Well, nobody watches Thunder. The Nitro we watched on the Patreon last week, that's your your true go-home show. I remember at the beginning of this year when we started watching WCW 2000, this era, the post-Russo stuff, Tony Schiavone told us that Thunder is going to matter again. <laughs> Maybe uh, Bischoff said that into his earpiece and told him to lie again, you know? I guess. I don't know. All right. Uh, so we're ready for some phone calls? Go for it. All right. Uh, first call is from co-host of Final Wrestling Place, Mr. Tim. Hi, Joe. Hi, Adam. It is Tim. Uh, very glad to uh, be on another edition of At Odds with Wrestling. Um, and I, I promise everybody on um, on Final Wrestling Place this week. 
here on the Student to Be Named Network at STBN Network on Twitter, studentbenamednetwork.com, studentbenamednetwork.tumblr.com. Subscribe to the Patreon, at odds, her Student to Be Named Network, Discord, all that. Um, I mentioned that I was going to have uh, my official address for the Soon to be named Network Fantasy Football League um, today. And um, I really have taken to heart um, the rise of another champion uh, from this from this weekend. Um, you know, Eddie Kingston this during his entire run to the Continental Classic, um, especially in the beginnings. Uh, um where he was down, he was down bad. He he would always what was the, what was the thing he was saying in his promos on um on 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 Twitter. It was um it was humble in victory, humble in defeat, right? And um, you know, I took I took I took my humble pie. I it took I took a lot of L's. Um, and, and I and it just kept ringing in my head: humble in victory, humble in defeat, and. and you know what I, I, I? There's something I think when I, I hear that now, right? <laughs> what is there to be humble about? I called my shot last week here on the program. I told you to line up all your excuses, everything you've said from the last week. And what's funny is, is if you if you took my advice and you played all those Steelers that you drafted, you might have got close. You might have, but it's not a luck thing anymore. It was never a luck thing. It is about being in the right place at the right time. And we can talk all we want about the seedings. We can talk everything we want to do. But you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it twice. all that matters is that you beat the guy that's in front of you. Right. And I, I have a nice, humble road. Uh, th- uh, congratulations to Marcus on a, on a hard fought victory or hard, hard fought match in the first round. Two legs. Congrats on third place, my man. I think that's third place. Let me check. I haven't I haven't been really focusing on anything else except for uh, my matchup this week. But um, you know, I think I think he got third place. Congratulations. Yep, third place. You know, that's really nice. Um, but but thank you for the road. And then Adam, Adam, my man, you lost three times. In this entire season. And two are from me. You want to talk about smash, stacked, and pinned? That's it. You know? Um, you, you, you want to be the king of the draft shows. But if we go back to the Ad Odds Patreon and we listen to the most recent draft that you and I are in. You know, the one for this. Um. Because of my victory now, that kind of means I'm the king until next season, right? That's me. That's me. And so, um, all joking aside, all kidding aside, I'm just pulling your chain, Adam. 
I appreciate you putting together this fantasy football league, and I appreciate every single person who participated losing to a guy who took a kicker in the sixth round. Bye, boys. Adam, you got anything to say to that? Adam? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I just ran to the bathroom real quick and got a drink. I saw that Tim's call was like going to be long. Um, it, what did he say? I missed it. I had a lot of nice things to say about you. Okay. I'm going to cool. play it back or no, you could just sum up. Uh, he was really inspired by Eddie Kingston's promos in the continental classic. Okay. Yeah. Did, did, uh, did he happen to mention, how me being an honorable man, I propose that we just do kicker versus kicker to settle it all. And him being a coward, he turned that down. Did you mention that? No, you know what? He didn't mention that. Hmm. That's an odd oversight. Um, but I, you know what? We're live on the air. And since you reminded me, I'll, I'll go back and I'll listen to his call later. I should probably pay him. Uh, so we'll do that right now on the air. You didn't pay him yet. He won on Sunday. Uh, I said I would do it later in the week, and this is later in the week. Um, so let's see. Uh, I know Tim- me. I, I I pay my things immediately. I don't even have the stuff in hand that I'm paying anyway. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I'm just holding. I'm looking from up here. I, I see Dennis. Who's Dennis? Uh, oh wait, there he is. Oh, uh, I gonna, I, don't, I don't know if I have to edit that out. Uh, I, I I just don't know who that that person is. Um. Okay. Here he is. Right. It's, it's, it's very John Melendez of you. I just want you to know. Uh, I don't know who it is. I'm just me, reading the super chats. I don't know what they say. <laughs> let me. Uh, all right, dear. That's the one person. Dear Mr. Tim, uh, please use this money <laughs> to fix the damage you caused to your vehicle by parking in your roommate's spot. Selfishly and inconsiderately. Uh, Autocorrect's not fixing that. Uh, Your friend, Adam. P.S. I hope your postal carrier rings your doorbell and triggers your dogs during working hours. (laughs) Said. All right. Let's review. Uh, (laughs) Friends and family. People don't typically send money this way, Adam. Are you sure you want to send this message? <laughs> uh, friends and family, doing that right. It's coming from an account that might have 100 bucks in it. Uh, sent. All right. He is paid. Uh, the nice thing is I don't have to pay two legs because he said he doesn't care about – he doesn't want to finish third. And uh, that since he doesn't want to finish third and he did finish third, that means I could just get to keep the money for third place. I think you give it to Todd. Well, no, he finished fourth. Well, and so technically, I finished second, so it should just round up to the next person up. I think that's the rule. Um, but I, again, two legs. If you want the money and you want to accept your third place, just just let me know. Text me, message I, me. I'm sure the unbiased and impartial league commissioner would be able to rule on that and make a decision. I, I will. You know, I will happily. I am the commissioner. I will. Happily, oh. I will happily give two legs the money. Uh, it, all he has to do is just accept his third place finish. I mean, that's not hard. You know? Like privately or publicly? Whichever. He could text me. I just, 
you know, I'll give him the money. In fact, if he doesn't want the money, he could tell me who he wants it to go to. I just oh, okay. Uh, I'm joking about keeping it, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm not acknowledging that he's getting the money until he actually says that he will take the third place winning. But all right. Anyways, uh, I sent the money to Tim, and I'll go back and I'll listen to his what seemed like overly long call. Like, what happened to the? Wasn't there a Kevin Hellions rule here? Don't we limit these things? Some people have a special line that they could call if they want to. <sighs> Tim might lose that access, but enjoy the money. <laughs> All right, next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here tonight. Uh, so I'm assuming you guys talked about World's End and that he went in the title. And honestly, I think that was the best moment of the night. Um, I understand there's injuries. There's uh, New Japan was going on. And, you know, there's lots of things happening. But honestly, I think there's most uh, lackluster AEW pay-per-view of the year. There's lots I just didn't care about. Um, and I was kind of tuning out, wanted to watch Eddie, though. And that was worth my time. But I didn't have a whole lot of other stuff from the pay-per-view. I think, like, Christian Adam Copeland, I enjoyed that angle. But if I was ranking all the AEW pay-per-views for this year, I think that one would be last. And then Dynamite last night just felt like a nothing show. Just kind of meh. And again, people are injured. People have other commitments. But it just felt like, oh, we got to put an episode of TV on, so here you go. Um, but it just felt like it was there. It was there because something had to be on TV, not because there was any reason for it. But for what you've watched, for what you've gone to live, for what was, you know, we have date books we have to put on the show. What's the most phoned-in wrestling show you can remember watching? Not just one talent phoning it in, but like from top to bottom, you're like, why did we even bother tonight? I don't know. Might get some people in trouble. Hopefully not. But what's not trouble is how easy it is to sign up for the Patreon. Just go over to patreon.com, type in your information, decide what level, what tier you want to be at, and continue to support Joe and Adam throughout 2024. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Yeah, cheap plug. Love it. Um, I, I don't know, Joe. Like, is he meaning like maybe one that you watched on TV or one you've seen in person? Uh, I think just, anything? you know, I just think in general, you know, obviously I've seen some shindies where everybody on the card is just like bad in general. So it's not like they were foaming it in. It's just they were bad wrestlers, you know? And yeah, and they might have been trying their best at their level, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't think I've ever been, like, I've been to two handfuls of indie shows in my lifetime. I have not nearly, you know, the, uh, the, the back catalog that you or many of our listeners have, but I don't feel like I've ever been to an indie show where people were phoning it. And maybe like a special guest, like a VIP host was phoning in their appearance here or there. But like, I always feel like that everybody's trying hard at the, at indie shows that I go to. Um, I, I would say that like, if there was a situation of people phoning it in, it would it would have probably been like a mainstream pay per view where people are just going through the motions because it's like a a, a D level pay per view, like a Tuesday in Texas type of thing. But I don't know. I don't well, know. If it's I, so I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, I have a feeling I haven't watched it yet, but just from reading the card from before, I have a feeling that the Thunder we're going to watch for homework this week might be the most phoned in show of all time. Yeah, you could just circle WCW like for like a big two or three year period and just say it was WCW, but 
Yeah, there, there's know. there's definitely been episodes of Thunder and Nitro that I've seen where it feels like if not everyone, um, but most of the people are just there cashing their check, doing as little as possible just to show up on TV. I don't think Dynamite was as bad as Kevin is making it out to be. Like I said, that I thought the Darby uh, Takeshita match was really good. I thought he was saying the pay-per-view was phoned in, not Dynamite. Well, no, he, he said the Dynamite was phoned in. He, he thought oh. Dynamite was just there. Um, I, I thought the like them kind of lighting a little bit of a fire again under Hangman and Swerve was a good way to end the show, I thought. Um, you know, I, I, I get you. Everything can't be a home run, but there was enough good in Dynamite last night, you know? And you could also say that, like, phoning it in doesn't necessarily mean that the, the wrestlers didn't try hard. Right. Like, there, there are Rampage... Like, there's 20 episodes of Rampage over the last two years that were creatively phoned in, mm-hmm. you know, like, from a booking standpoint. They're like, oh, let's just throw four matches out there that, you know, that don't matter just to have an hour of television, you know, instead of making the most of your opportunity to put a good product out. That's that's phoning it in, and that's not the wrestler's fault. Poor Mark Briscoe this week on Rampage getting saddled with Matt and Jeff Hardy. Oh, <laughs> When Private Party came out, I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, I, I, I don't want to say I liked Private Party, but like, I learned to dislike Brother Zay because of the Hardys. And if you're gonna get the stink of the Hardys off of them, and like they're back and they're healthy, and maybe we can recapture that momentum that they had when the tag division first started. And then the first thing that they said was like, oh, we want to be in there with the Bucks. We want to be in there with the Hardys. And I'm like, oh God, no, get them away. <laughs> Do you remember when Private Party beat the Young Bucks clean on TV? It, it, it was a meteor, like a meteoric rise to their careers. It, it catapulted. Oh no, that's right. It just it meant nothing. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank uh, you for your, thank you for your call, Kevin. Next call. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, Joe and Adam. What's happening? It's your buddy Kenny. Hope uh, all's well. Happy New Year. Uh, me and a friend of mine took in an evening of All Elite Wrestling last night. And uh, I got to figure out something to do these things with, like, groups of people who are cool. Because, like, I just sit around some lady, Karen, who was like, oh, the guy's name is Take a Shitta. And, like, thought it was the funniest thing and just cackled about it all night. And I'm just sitting behind her going, Takeshita. His name is Takeshita. It's not that funny. Uh, anyway, weekly purchases, uh, I got my, uh, chest tattoo filled in today, it wasn't as bad, took some ibuprofen, uh, brought my headphones, listened to some, uh, some smooth music while it was getting done, very stoked on it, uh, and follow up on the story, uh, I got my skateboard deck before I got my merch from the indie wrestler from the same oh. state I live in that was purchased the week of Black Friday. <laughs> So there you go. Out of business skateboard company can figure out how to put shit in a box and send it across the country before an indie wrestler lives in the same state as I do can take a fucking picture and a toe bag and put it in an envelope and send it to somebody. Fuck. Anyway, uh, get wrecked, Bob. I'm very surprised that that's like my money was on the indie wrestler coming through because I thought he would never get the thing from that skateboard company. I'm shocked. Yeah, we were talking that like we were, like we didn't know if like the label was printed and like he had the shipping like all that other stuff. There was a lot of variables that we couldn't give as clear as an answer, and, and we I think we both leaned toward the indie wrestler. 
I'll say this, Kenny, and if you're okay with doing this, um, obviously, you know, you don't want your good name besmirched because, you know, you go and publicly say something about this independent wrestler and, like, you'll get a box on your door with, like, shit in it or something, right? <laughs> like, literal a log of shit. But let's say it gets to, like, two months and this person hasn't, like, you know, sent this stuff. If you want to contact me or Adam privately, we'll put a little space and buffer in between it. And we'll we'll publicly bury the person for you. I'll, I'll take that heat. Yeah, because I, I was just about to say name names, but, like... Yeah. I get I what you're saying. I don't want that heat on Kenny, but yeah. I'll certainly take that key. That key. My, I got no my only concern, and I would absolutely take it too because I don't care. Um, you have a reputation to uphold. I don't. Um, is I don't know who this wrestler is. Like privately tell us, like DM the two of us or DM the at odds account so so we know what we're dealing with and we won't expose your business without your right. permission. But I'm curious, like if this wrestler, because it could be a top tier indie guy or it could be like a local, like low tier person. So like, I'm worried that maybe Kenny is the only sale this person has made or, and like j- us just blowing up. Hey, Mr. Or Mrs. Indie wrestler. Uh, I heard you have a terrible turnaround time with your stuff. It might be exposing Kenny because that's a, their only sale. You know, yeah. so I'd like to know that information too, you know? Yeah. But I'm shocked that, uh, I definitely think that it's going on two months now, he said. Uh, he said it was Black Friday, so no, it's been a month and a half, let's say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that's These people, they're not working seven days a week. Get to the fucking post office. I my patience would be gone, Kenny. I think it's time to name names, but Kenny, reach out right. to us. And I'll and I'll I'll put this caveat again. We'll do our best to kind of separate you from whatever we decide to do about this. But I will say, if this person is someone that I have in my phone, like their personal number, they're fucked. <laughs> uh, this is turning into a broski owing uh, DJ an eight by ten situation all over again. That's right. <laughs> All right, uh, it's pink button time. Ed called in three times. Oh, he's allowed to. Man, <laughs> Ed, I just watched that AEW interview. It literally just ended, and this <laughs> so that was really bad. It was all really, really stinky. Um, it was a bad show, um, but. I like um like Christian using a, a tiny a, a little metal stick for a weapon. And I really liked when Adam Cole pulled up the devil mask just in case. <laughs> You're all too fucking stupid to get what's <laughs> happening. We're really gonna show you. <laughs> it's so fucking <laughs> it was fucking terrible. Eddie rules, though. That was yeah. fun. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> KYE. All right. Before we comment on this, I, I'm going to play his next call. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot. <laughs> Twice. Twice in that world title match. MJF pretended to be a kangaroo. <laughs> 
with his shoulder and losing his belt. But he's telling me like, no, guys, I have to pretend to be a kangaroo. It's my thing. This shit sucks. Holy shit. Oh, man. Oh, bye. I, I will not stand by all that MJF slander. Uh, you're just a bunch of anti-maxers. I don't oh. approve of this. <laughs> and that's that's maxers with two X's, Joe. You screwed that one Damn up. Damn it! Um, <laughs> and uh, Adam Cole had the mask for people that uh, maybe need a vi- little visual aid. Don't disparage Adams in wrestling. We're all good. Uh, I will say this, though. Ed, uh, Ed I have it on good authority. I, I called in, you know... I called in a couple favors for this, um, but because Ed was so dissatisfied with the pay-per-view, I got Tony Khan to agree to refund Ed the full price that he paid for the pay-per-view. He just needs to send to me and Tony Khan his <laughs> receipt for the pay-per-view that he paid and his home address so that they could have somebody come out. And I don't know why they're they're doing it as a hand-delivered cashier's check. <laughs> but I was told that they want to be able to see and find Ed personally so that they can reimburse him the full price that he paid for the pay-per-view this past weekend. That is mighty generous of TK. Uh, I'm very happy for Ed. I mean, yeah. going to get that full refund, baby. It, it sounds like just free money waiting for Ed, right? I mean, it's not free because he's he's getting the money back that he already oh. paid. You know, so he was out whatever it is, 55 bucks, 50 bucks. And then he's getting that back, which is nice. Uh, but I mean, you definitely can't turn that down, you know? Right. You'd be a fool, right? Exactly. Anyway, Ed did call back one more time. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Uh, I just thought of something and it's, and I don't think I've ever asked Joe this before. Uh-oh. So that's wild because I, I've been friendly with Joe for a while. And uh, I'm just curious, Adam, we all know about your time at the House of Hardcore, uh, <laughs> but Joe, I have a question, and it's, did, so like, ever in Chikara, did they try to get you to work a match? Was it ever discussed even? Because you know like how sometimes non-wrestlers will work matches, like old Mean Gene teaming with Hogan? Like any situation like that where LFC would have, you know, stepped foot in a ring and any anything? Ever was it ever brought up? Did you shoot it down if it was? Was is there is there anything there? Uh, I'm just real curious. Also, we we're making WrestleMania weekend plans, and uh, Brad and DJ have talked about it, but like your guys' names haven't come up at all, which is weird because I think you're kind of close ish to Philly, right? Do you guys get a, are you going to come to DDT? No, and hang out. No, uh, <laughs> you know. Takeshi Masada is going to be there. I don't know if you know him or not. He's really great. Hey, bye. So, no, uh, the subject was never broached with me to wrestle a match. Um, I think Mike would never put me into a situation, whatever your opinion of Mike is, uh, to put me into a situation being untrained, uncoordinated, old, broken down. Um, I think many people on the Chikar roster that would make those decisions saw me maneuver getting in and out of the ring, <laughs> barely. And they're like, yeah, let's have this guy wrestle a match. That one bump that I took uh, from Claudio at the BDK reveal was like it. That was one thing, and it was to add to the chaos. And I'm sure if I w- didn't want to do it, I could have told Mike, I don't want to do it. 
But like, I'm like, oh, I could take a bump. You know, it's no big deal. It's not like I have to run the ropes or anything else like that. When it was explained to me, it was what it was. But uh, no, it was never presented to me uh, to wrestle a match. And if it was, I absolutely would have shot it down. Well, let me just ask this. And I think I maybe where Ed is coming from is what I immediately thought of. And that's not having you actually wrestle, wrestle, like taking bumps or doing a move, which I can understand both you and Quack being hesitant about. But I'm kind of picturing it in my head like you're Nicholas to somebody else's Braun Strowman. Mm. And like you're just on the apron and then you come in and do the tag because like maybe there's this like. Uh, like uh, Sydney Bacabella and like Max Smashmaster and Blaster McMassive, they've been like getting in your face, and some baby face goes and you know Eddie Kingston comes to your aid and basically challenges uh, Demolition uh, Devastation Corporation on your behalf and says, "Well, Chikarson's gonna be my tag partner," and you look all panicked and scared, but Eddie does all the work and just tags you in and you do the pin. Like, that's kind of what I would picture would happen in the Chikara world. And I don't see, I don't think you would turn something like that down, right? I I absolutely would have. Really? Yep. Aw, you'd be more of a glory hound. I would (laughs) do that all day. I I don't want to be a glory hound, you know? That's Um, what I'm saying, you need to be more of one. No. I think that would be hilarious, but you wouldn't have to take a bump, you get the big pop. it's it's it, it, it's not in my nature to to look for something like that, but to even extrapolate on that more, like I'm not a trained wrestler, I should not be in the ring, even in a sports entertainment type thing like that. Like I could fuck something up just by being there, and that's not fair to the other people in that match that they're trusting me, who's not trained and doesn't know what he's doing, with like even just as something as simple as like getting into the ring and pinning them. Right. Like who's to say, like, I go down and I slip and fall because I'm a fucking klutz and I like land my knee on their face and I fuck up their head because I'm a big giant klutz. I I would never want a little bit too panicky, but well, listen, it's it was not my nature to be in part of any sort of physicality of any sort of thing when it came to professional wrestling. It wasn't my thing. I'm not trained for it. I'm not physically capable for it. So, again, it, it wouldn't be fair, you know, to the other people. And that's, you know, the way that I would look at it, you know, I get you. All right. I um, still <laughs> I like the idea, the, the thing I booked there, though. But uh, yeah. I will say any indie show wants to have somebody just destroy me in the ring. Like, I'll take an unprotected chair shot. I'll go through a table. I don't care. Just let's do it. <laughs> I got a lot uh, of enemies that can make this happen. So um, Ed had mentioned about the collective, the WrestleMania weekend shows. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, so I'm looking at the schedule and I see uh, the DDT show is a Thursday night at eight. And uh, I don't know if Ed knows this, but I record a podcast Thursday nights at eight. Yeah. So does Brett and DJ. Well, again, listen, I don't know who's more dedicated to their podcast, uh, me or them, but I think them go to the DDT show. No, um, I don't know. I don't know nothing about DDT. Like, obviously, depending on when the, it gets a little bit closer, and we know when and where you guys are going to be and hanging out. I'd love to come and hang out, get a bite to eat with you, shoot the shit with you. But uh, I don't know. My my days of paying to go to see wrestling shows is over, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, uh, if, I I get comp, if I get comp tickets, maybe we'll talk. I can't think of an indie that I'd be willing to go to Philly for and deal with those crowds, you know? Right. Like, it's one thing if it's like, oh, hey – 
AIW's running a show or LVAC is running a show and it's a couple hours away, that's fine. You're not going and dealing with all of the wrestling fans from across the world converging on one location for a weekend, you know? Yeah, not for me. No, definitely not for me either. Yeah. But have fun, guys. Uh, t- let me know where you're going to go get something to eat. I'll go meet up with you, right? There you go. Um, so I think we mentioned, uh, you know, obviously the wrap-up for the fantasy football. We're almost done. This is the final week of regular season play for the NFL. So the ESPN Pick'ems, Pigskin Pick'ems is this week. I'm still on the first page in 23rd place, um, but I'm much more closer to the bottom than I've ever been. Uh, Adam is tied for second with young Josh from the comic book shop. Yeah, and I just learned literally this week when I went to get comics that that's Josh from the comic shop. Like, I didn't yeah. know who that was. Uh, and uh, I, I found out that Josh says that he's scared of me, like physically scared of me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, I, that's good to know. I'm not going not gonna to tell him he doesn't need to be. I, you got very few people in life that are, are still scared of me. So, uh, But he was worried about passing me by, and that's how I learned that. Gotcha. But, uh, I have to decide. Um, do I just make my picks safely as in like I just pick who I know Todd will pick and to ensure that I stay ahead of him? Or do I do Hail Marys to try to make that last minute push past Styrofoam Anvil and potentially lose it all and fall behind Todd? Hmm. Like I say is- you got to swing for the fences, man. Yeah. Chicks dig the long ball. I got to try to go first. Yeah. Because uh, all I have to do to beat Todd or to stay paced with Todd is just Todd picks all the favorites. I mean, that's his secret. He's he's very bad at this. But uh, and he'll never know I said that. But yeah, I got to decide true. what to do. I got to decide. I might I might have to swing for the fences. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Last week. I want to win that big prize that comes with winning this first place thing. Yeah, I mean, we'll give you a couple things, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, hey, um, plug time before we wrap everything up, of course. Uh, the LVAC show was just this past weekend. Uh, when it gets announced that it is available streaming or for purchase or what have you, we'll certainly let you know. Um, I, whether it shows up on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, I'm not 100% sure of either. But you could certainly sign up for that, IWTV. Um, use our promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber. It lets Jerry know that you came to him from us uh no t public sale you know holidays over t public sale picks up next week uh you can make any and all of your purchases through our ebay affiliate link uh when you click on links to various merchants on the site and make a purchase this can result in the site earning a commission affiliate programs and affiliations include but are not limited to the ebay partner network yeah and, uh, of course, you can support us by signing up for the Patreon. You get the uh, classic remixed episode of At Odds. You get the selfie of me every month. Uh, you get the homework bonus shows and conversation with Joe's whenever I feel like doing them. Like I said, obviously, we're coming off Christmas, New Year's, etc. Probably this weekend, I'm going to reach out to someone to see if they want to be on the show. And uh, we'll go from there. Oh, and you also uh, have to get me a January uh, selfie. Yeah, I'll get that to you when I get out. Uh, probably sometime today or tomorrow or something. I don't know. Yeah, just no, no big deal before the end of the month. Yep. And we did have uh, a bonus episode, uh, kind of unplanned episode, come up this past week um, with an unexpected ca- special guest, let's just say. I don't want to spoil it. But uh, we get phone calls that we play in the show. 
And sometimes we get phone calls that don't make any sense. And uh, that's what the Patreon's for. Yeah. I, you know what I was thinking about when I was listening to that episode? Uh, that's not the first weird call we've gotten, too, that we never played, that you played for me off air. And you're like, can you make sense of this? And I'm like, no. And then they just go to the cutting room floor. Like, I, I feel oh. like they're... There might be oh. some legs to having like a an like a, a deleted scenes section for the podcast. So okay, there were times. So the call that we got was wrestling related. Let's say right. Yeah, there had been calls that I played for you where it definitely sounded like somebody misdialed like a family member. Still just as good for entertainment, you know. All right, <laughs> you need to have a disclaimer at the beginning of the voicemail that like. Because we, you clearly say, you know, like, I don't know exactly the verbiage, but like, thank you for calling the ad odds with wrestling voicemail. So like, if somebody then goes on and says, Hey, Bob, make sure you pick up like a roast chicken on the way home. Like that's on them for like not listening to the introduction. Um, so like put something at the beginning and be like, by calling this line, you authorize ad odds with wrestling to monetize you for our Patreon. I don't know, but I think there's enough of a disclaimer there, but what I'm getting at is that wasn't the first time something like that happened, but that this call on this most recent Patreon episode, definitely a head scratcher. Exactly. My roundabout way of getting there. But speaking of roundabout ways of getting there, listen to these podcasts, long box heroes, long box heroes after dark. We need wrestling porch talk viewers choice, indie wrestling guide. Check out the stink sheet Christmas party episode they actually went to their corporate christmas party put a microphone in like at the table and recorded what happened one of my favorite podcasts in the post hayabusi world that we now live in <laughs> wings on wings uh hayabusi sure there'll be a new episode any day now and final wrestling place i need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step because steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> uh, one of the other podcasts that I listened to uh, after the after disaster, it's called. Um, it's kind of spun out of the post show for Love Lines, and Love Lines was still a thing. It's a Patreon only podcast. They've done bits in the past, um, you know, where they're like, "Oh, this year we're going to get into skateboarding," or "This year we're going to get into machetes," or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> get into machetes. Get into machetes. Uh, so this year. Um, they're toying around with the idea of all of them getting on HGH. Okay. <laughs> so listen, chicken and rice is sweeping the nation is all I'm saying. We should do, you know how like, like uh, you go to work and they'll be like, Oh, we're going to have like a, a fitness challenge or we're going to weigh in. And like, we're all going to try to lose like a hundred pounds as a team. Yay. We should do the opposite of that as a soon to be named network. And we should all go on chicken and rice. Hmm. Got to get so the good stuff, though, right? Well, again, I mean, whatever. I don't know. I'm not in that world. Just put something in front of me and tell me how to how to consume it. Tell me how to cook it so I don't undercook it. You know? Okay, I p- I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, I-, I think that that would be a great team building exercise, literally and figuratively. And uh, <laughs> look, I-, I think that's a great idea. Marcus, get on that for us. <laughs> Uh, it's time for your, did I forget anything or no? It's time for your favorite part of the yeah, show. Yeah, let's just go to weekly purchases. Some might cost a little. 
some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> Yay, Joe, it's Eddie Kingston week. Da, 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 da. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad uh, that we let everybody, we broke the news last week on the podcast about the Eddie Kingston go- figure going on sale at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Right. <laughs> and we were able to get our uh, one of 3,000 shop Eddie Kingston figures. Yeah, um, it went up a little bit early. Um, I think they ended up putting up at around eleven Eastern time. Yeah, I they were they originally advertised. They didn't advertise it, but I think there's like a, a Discord for maybe like patrons or something for pro wrestling tees. And yeah, like imagine fucking subscribing to a fucking Patreon for them. Uh, anyways, it's like their VIP. Does Ringside fight. Collectibles have a, a Patreon that I could sign up for so I could thank them? <laughs> I think you thank them publicly. Oh, okay. Um, but what I'm getting at is that is how I found out the Eddie Kingston was going on sale, like was from a screenshot from that Discord. And it had said on that screenshot that the figure was going on sale at noon because that's when the coupon was going to go live. Right. But then I guess, like you said, the figure went up an hour earlier and the coupon didn't work. So me, like a crazy person with nothing better to do, I just kept refreshing the page for about 20 minutes, and eventually it did work for me. And I know that like it, it was hit or miss for a little bit until it finally started working, like maybe after the official start time. Like it might have been like 1230 or so before the coupon worked consistently. But long story short, I got my two of them. So I'm happy that they didn't have the limit because I think you could still buy them now, to be honest. Yeah, I think they're still available. I don't know how many are left. We could certainly check. Doing yeah. the uh, major bendies trick. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to risk it though. You know, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got my one again. I'm a mitten box guy. I got the defender. It's going to the wall. Uh, if Eddie and I are ever in the same state again, I'll probably see if I can get him to sign it for me. Yeah, that's um, why I got two. Is because I with that's why I'm doing with OC and uh, with my first Eddie Kingston is I have one sealed unsigned and one sealed signed, and that's the dream for the the one of three thousand. You know. Yeah. Um, but it was a thing where, you know, you were messaging everyone that it was available and I was out and about picking up lunch for my kid and I was trying to do it through my phone because I was afraid I was going to miss out on it. And the promo code wasn't working when I was trying to access, uh, the site, uh, through my phone, thought it was a faulty Google Chrome. I came home, I did it from my PC and it worked just fine. So whatever. Right. It was just a weird confluence, but I got it to work. Right. Yeah. No, I'm pumped. You know, I hope that. Both of mine don't come pre-stomped. <laughs> no, that that has happened with uh, some of these, but uh, man, it's such a cool figure. I just hate, and I get it, but I hate the fact that his T-shirt says like Kingston Era or Kingston EK or whatever it says on there. Like, I get you can't do the Yankee logo, but you could have just had it say New York. You're like the Yankees don't own the term New York, and I think that would just look so much better if it said New York on it. But beggars can't be choosers. It's a fucking bloody Eddie Kingston figure with a gas can. You know, who's going to try to burn Danielson alive? Uh, who is he trying to burn? And Danielson got caught up in the collateral. Jericho. Jericho. Oh, geez, even more deserved. <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about Jericho today, huh? Yeah, that's for the best. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, uh, did you buy anything else? I did. Um, obviously, I wasn't expecting the Eddie Kingston purchase to come, but it did. And then later on that same day, uh, whatever Elite set went up for pre-order on ringside. And listen, I'm not a guy who goes out trying to hunt things down or whatever the hell it is. Um, but it was uh, Elite 108 went up for pre-order. Uh, and you know what figure is in Elite 108, Adam? I don't. Oh. So I had to pick that up. Luckily, he's not the um, the chase or anything. It's just the one. Uh, obviously, I did not get the chase of the basic. But again, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. It's no big deal. Uh, I did get, you know, I did give the extra one to my nephew, and he he loves it. Uh, he's I, I got to get him more stuff. You know, Brett and Kevin Ford have been very gracious in sending me a lot of stuff as they've been filtering out their collection to give to my nephew, and he's been very appreciative of that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I had two figures in one week. That hasn't happened in forever. I, I mean, that's, that's well, technically I bought two Eddie figures, so we're tied, but I was going to yeah. say, like, how often do you have more figure purchases than me? But uh, yeah, I don't have any other figures, but that that's awesome. Um, I think Chelsea's the chase in that series, if I'm not mistaken, but um if i see an la night obviously if i see the basic chase out and about i'll you know grab it and let you know um but if i ever see the elites i might grab it for myself i don't know it's been so long since i've seen a wwe elite in a store (laughs) that i almost forgot what they look like you know right um i do have another purchase I was at the pay-per-view at soon-to-be-named Network North with all the boys, the boys, and I was getting itchy during the pay-per-view. I had a little bit of Eddie Kingston uh, mania running through my veins, brother, and I, during some of the earlier matches that I couldn't give a shit about, I was on eBay, and I was just searching for, for different Eddie Kingston stuff that I had uh, seen before and maybe checking prices, and I decided to pull the trigger on something, Joe. And I'm gonna, send you, I'm gonna send you a picture uh, over text message. It's coming now. Uh, it is not his rookie card because I already have his rookie card. His rookie card is the Chikara card. Um, but as best I can tell, this might be his second card. Mm, um, okay. From, from 2018, there's not a lot of uh, Kingston cards that come up for search. Um. But this is a Beckett graded mint nine, and I looked at the population report of this uh, this card. There are three nines in existence. Uh, there are no tens. And uh, for PSA, because a lot of the the new like, here's the thing: like you li- you listen to like Major Pod, and they're all like card experts, and all they talk about is PSA. Like they started collecting cards during the pandemic. Give me a break. Beckett's really good. Anyways, PSA's highest I think is like a seven. So technically there are no tens. So uh, I grabbed this. Eddie looks badass in it because he's yep. got like the bandana cover in his face. Like he's, you know, about to do a rob a train, you know, um, and there's none graded higher. So I was like, you know what? I have the Chikara card. I actually have two of those. Uh, I really need to send them out to get graded because I looked up the Chikara card on PSA and there is one PSA six of Ooh. that Chikara card. Uh, and I'm not saying that mine will get a 10, but, I mean, they're in decent shape. So even if they came back an 8, they'd be the highest ones. Yeah, yeah, no you know? shit. 
Um, so I might send those two Chikara Eddie Kingston cards out to get graded. But now I have this, which I think is a second card, like I said. Um, but I was thinking to myself, because obviously I'm searching Eddie Kingston cards on eBay and all the upper deck AEW cards are coming up. And there's so many of those. And I don't want to get into those. But I was thinking, what's the harm in collecting all of the pre-AEW Eddie Kingston cards? And I don't think there's very many because the only ones that came up was the Chikara one, the one that I just bought where he looks like he's robbing a train. The AAW one, yes. Yeah. And this one that I just sent you, which is, I guess, from the same promotion just a year later. Yep. And it's not graded, but it was cheap. And so I bought that. Uh, so I bought two Eddie Kingston pre-AEW like indie cards. Um, and I don't know if this is all three that he has, there might be more, but I'm going to keep an eye out. And if I can buy like a cheap, you know, whatever, Oh, here's an Eddie Kingston GCW card or an Eddie Kingston, whatever. If they're cheap, I'm going to buy them. I'll try to have all of the pre AEW Kingston cards. That's my new collecting, uh, like not rule my new collecting goal. And uh, that's uh, on that card that you sent me. That's him stretching out Trevor Lee, who you would know better as Cameron Grimes. To the moon. Yep. Yeah, remember Cameron Grimes? Remember <laughs> when he was a thing? I remember him showing up on SmackDown, like basically clean shaven, wearing a polo. Oh, that Papa H really has got his thumb on what the pulse of what we want to say. He, oh. he went into he went into a feud with Baron Corbin that went over so well that uh, Cameron Grimes got pulled off TV and Baron Corbin went down to NXT. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It, it's funny to say. When was Cameron Grimes the most over that he ever was? When he was feuding with the million dollar megastar. Oh. Uh, 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 his butler. <laughs> that's right. So uh, tomorrow on SmackDown, they have the big match to determine who's going to get the shot at the Royal Rumble against. Uh Roman Reigns, it's LA Knight versus AJ Styles versus Orton. It's very clear it's going to be Orton, and I assume that it's going to set up a match somewhere with LA Knight and AJ, whether it be at the Rumble or at the Australia pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know a lot of people are saying that they're going to try to extend the Kevin Owens Logan Paul thing to WrestleMania, but I'm pretty sure that they're going to pull the trigger on that for Rumble, and they're going to do LA Knight Logan Paul at Mania. That's, you know, where my my predictions lie for what L.A. Knight's trajectory, career path, etc. is for the next three months. Uh, I feel bad for LA, or for uh, Logan Paul having to carry L.A. Knight through a match like that. How Can L.A. Knight keep up with them? How dare you? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, all right. Well, that's good. Good for L.A. Knight. Glad that he hasn't completely been shuffled down the card completely. No, how dare you? Yeah. But that's all I have, Joe. Just uh, uh, it's, it was an Eddie Kingston exclusive week of purchases. Nice, nice. Uh, you could I could give you Eddie's PayPal if you just want to send him money directly. Well, that what do I get out of that? Um, maybe a nice message back from Eddie saying thanks, Ooh, bud. That might be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hey, thanks everyone for listening. Um, this was uh, episode two seventy four of Ad Odds with Wrestling for Adam. This is Joe saying thanks for listening be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. 